Since you enjoy this show, I thought I'd throw out there another podcast you might like. It's a show about the intersection of design, technology, and the creative process. It's the Design Better podcast. And in each episode, hosts Eli Woolery and Aaron Walter bring you conversations with inspiring creative thinkers like John Cleese and David Sedaris, people who bring design and technology together like Tony Fadal, co-inventor of the iPhone and the iPod. So far, some standout episodes for me have been when they talk to John Cleese of Monty Python about creativity. That is one of my favorite topics and one of my favorite people. Then also one of my favorite musicians, Tycho, about his creative process. And they talk with Seth Godin about how creativity is an act of generosity. I've always been fascinated by design, the creativity behind it, the implementation of it, both to improve our lives from a functionality and user interface standpoint, also from an artful bringing beauty into the world approach. So whether you're a design curious person like me or a design pro, Design Better is a great listen that inspires and informs. Subscribe to the Design Better podcast at designbetterpodcast.com or in your favorite podcast app like the one you're using right now. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Beyond the To-Do List. I am your host, Eric Fisher. This is the show where we talk to the people behind the productivity. And this week, there are two people that I'm talking to that are behind my productivity. Because honestly, if you remember back to episode 50, the special tools episode where I had a bunch of guests come back and talk about specific tools they use, if I was on that show giving a tool that I use... I would have given up this tool that these two people are here to talk about. It's called Focus at Will. And honestly, if you guys don't know, as much as I'm into podcasting, I'm also very into music and the power of music, the mystery of music, the ability for music to lift us up, help us deal with things, etc. But a lot of the times just to make us move or get us moving when we need to do something we don't really want to do to get that work done, whether it's physical or mental. The thing is, is that we may actually be sabotaging ourselves, as I have found out, by listening to some of that music that we really like, that we engage with, or has been created to engage with us. And there are tips and there are tricks to play the right kind of music or the right sound atmosphere for you to focus on the work that you have in front of you and get it done faster instead of being distracted. I don't know about you, but I love putting headphones on and I love sitting and doing the work that way. However, sometimes I just still feel like while I'm doing that, I'm off browsing. I'm off quote unquote doing research instead of getting the work done that needs to be done. But I can tell you this, that uh, this tool, this focus at will tool that I have tried, I have it on my iPad, I have it on my iPhone, I go to the browser in my MacBook Pro, and it's Windows as well. It has helped me cut through to being able to use it in conjunction with the Pomodoro method, and we'll talk about that as well. Anyway, if you'd like to check it out, you go to beyondthetodolist.com slash focus at will. That's beyondthetodolist.com slash F-O-C-U-S-A-T-W-I-L-L. Anyway, let's get into the episode. Well, this week I have two people here to talk about neuroscience and focus. Yeah, those are stuff. I mean, we've talked about focus on the show before, but never neuroscience. Anyway, I want to welcome Jeff Straw and William Henschel to the show. Hey, nice to be here. 
Thanks, Eric. Okay, so identify yourselves and who you are and what you do. You're both from Focus at Will, which honestly, once I tried it and had the breakthrough of being able to focus in front of a laptop screen, which is kind of a rare thing for a lot of people these days, I knew I had to have you guys on. So which one of you is Jeff? That's me. And then which one of you is Will? Uh, Yeah, I'm Will. I'm Will Henschel. I'm the company founder. I started the company about three years ago. Uh, Jeff is our, um, he has a, a title in the company, which is Focus Ninja. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. So Jeff is, is our um, expert on uh, customer centric stuff. And, you know, we do a lot of biz dev together. We're a small company. We're based in Los Angeles. We have an office in San Francisco. We're all about three words, which is get it done. Get it done. The company started from uh, an observation that I had when I noticed that a lot of people like to listen to music when they work in a reading. Then I discovered about half of all music consumption happens when people are at work. And then I just got really interested in what were people listening to? So a little about my own background. I'm a songwriter and a musician myself. I was the founder of a band that people may remember called London Beat. In the early 90s, um, we had some hits. Uh, there's a big one that most people will remember called I've Been Thinking About You. Oh, I, I totally know that song. That's great. <laughs> I've been thinking about you. Yeah. I've been thinking about you. I wish I could sing backups for you when we do these things. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I have um, knowledge and and. <clears throat> experience and expertise in in writing songs that connect with with large audiences i i got much more interested in the 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 way that music affects us as human beings particularly noticing that when people are reading when the first kindles came out you usually see people in public with the headphones on right as i said started to really think about what kind of music are people listening to and then trying it myself and talking to people and we found that the crazy thing that Nearly all music which is available, this is like any music you like, which is anything on your iTunes, on the radio, (laughs) in your CD collection, if you still do that. Music that is designed to engage you, which is why you like it. So if you think about why, what does music do for us? Well, it inspires us. It makes us want to dance. It can inspire you spiritually. It can move you emotionally. A love song can have you in tears, you know. We found that Any music that does that is distracting to you when you're trying to work. Yet, a lot of people like to listen to music when they're working. So we as humans instinctively know that if we can put something on in the background when we're working, it can kind of help us. That got me really interested. At the same time, I've been around EDM, electronic dance music, for for many years. I got interested in the fact that a lot of the students that I know, I have some friends who are PhD students, and they were either listening to a former trans techno, sort of goer, trancey kind of techno stuff, or really sort of bland ambient music. And then we started to, to fiddle around uh, in, in the lab uh, with EEG machines and, and reading people's concentration, being able to measure things based on brainwaves. It's not a 100% accurate, but it's a pretty good indication And we found that there are some aspects of the music you like that are distracting. At the same time, to to jump into the neuroscience, about the same time, we met uh, our lead science team, our science leader. His name is Dr. Evian Gordon. 
he has a company here in San Francisco, which is called Brain Resource. And, and he's an expert in this thing called habituation. This is just a, something that happens in your brain when you get used to things. And it's to do with the way that your brain gets distracted. And I'm going to generalize a little bit with yeah. the brain science for a minute. Um, it's much more complex than I'm about to say, but this is the nub and the understandable takeaway from what happens. There's a, a part of the brain which is your limbic system. And your limbic is always on the lookout for your safety. Evolutionarily, the fact that you are sitting there and I am sitting here talking to you is because generations before us had a limbic system that worked. Let's say we're all sitting here in a cave drinking caveman beer and drawing caveman diagrams, right? (laughs) Any thousands of years ago. If we were in a cave and we were drawing on the wall, our limbic systems, which is that little sense in the back of your head, would be listening for bare footsteps behind us. It's looking out for your safety, and it's very conscious of your, um, of your oral, of your sound environment. So this part of our brain is still very active, and the way that your fight-or-flight response, in other words, the way that your body is able to relax when you're doing something, is based on the way that your ears are feeding your limbic system information about your environment. So we found that if you play music at certain speeds with certain qualities in very specific sequences, you're able to somehow soothe this response in the brain. You're able to soothe the fight-or-flight response in the brain. That became a real eureka moment for us when we were starting the company, when I realized, this is interesting. So a lot of people ask us this question. So uh, I like to listen to music with words, you know, with singing in it. And there's a couple of complete no-nos, and that is... If you play music with any human voice in it, you will find it distracting when you're trying to work. And the reason why, when you think about it again, is because of the limbic system. There we are, imagine us in the cave, right? Drinking the cave beer, drawing on the wall. If we hear a human voice in our background attention, we're going to notice it. The limbic system in the brain is always looking for danger and reward. Danger, of course, is, is this a human that's going to get me? Reward, it's usually food or sex. <laughs> Those are the things that our brain is looking for all the time. So we found that music that has voices in triggers the response in the brain. That means that you, you notice the music. And then we found that music that has any qualities like a human voice. So some instruments, by the way, the reason we like saxophones and cellos is they actually sound very similar to a human voice we found that the, the instrumentation and the arrangement of the music is very critical. Incidentally, electric guitar, lead electric guitar solos are very similar to the timbre of a human voice as well. That's why we like them. If you analyze the sound of Eric Clapton, you know, everybody knows the song Layla, right? Layla. If you listen to the sound, if you can analyze the sound of his voice and then you listen to the sound of his guitar, they are so similar, it's extraordinary. That's part of the reason why we like that music so much. So it it led us in this path of finding out that there is a way to somehow engage this part of the brain, the limbic system, this fight or flight response, in a way that is able to stop the distractions happening. And there's a good metaphor for this. I don't know if you've got kids or if you know people that got kids. You know, if you've got the kids in the backseat of the car, they start the, are we there yet? Chorus. Yes. And if you don't give them something to do, they are we there yet? They start fighting. (laughs) And then, then so one of the things you can do is you can pass them all a Game Boy or a computer game, right? Or you can put a video on and that keeps them quiet. You could think of this distraction thing in your brain in a similar way to that. 
that you've got all these kids in the back seat and they are like, are we there yet? So these are the internal distractions that happen when you're working. There's a lot more to the science than this, of course. It's to do with the different kinds of brain types and different kinds of things that you're doing. As you say, the system works. It, yeah. works, for, it works for two people out of three, by the way, statistically. Well, I mean, it, it definitely worked for me. Uh, I mean, I love music, and, and I've listened to music doing <clears throat> desktop work and even manual labor and, and things like that in the past. Yeah. And yeah. I, I think that we love the effect we love that that magic that happens that that music has that that we don't fully understand but it, that it emotionally and it, and it intellectually it grabs us and it can take us out of where we're at doing the work where we don't necessarily maybe want to be and that's fine it can take us out of a physical location we use music to kind of quiet the external distractions so we can sit and we can focus but that actually does the opposite it doesn't do anything to do with any of the internal distractions that's right there are two kinds of distractions, obviously, as you say, with external. You know, if there's someone with a, a power saw next door, you can do something about that, <laughs> you know. But most of the distraction is your internal voice. We did some trials around how long can people concentrate for. You may have heard of the Pomodoro system. We were verified that, that most people can, can concentrate in a single contiguous spell for about 25 minutes, sometimes 25, 20, 25, 30 minutes. After that... What happens is your mind will start wandering and you'll be like, oh, did I close the door this morning? Oh, I forgot to put the trash out. Or you start these additional things. And, and that's part of the way the distraction, these, these little voices, if you like, in your brain are kicking in. Oh, I forgot what I was going to say. Sorry. That's all right. Speaking of distraction. Thank you. Yeah, I got those little voices nice. in my head. 20, oh, 20 minutes. Thank you. I'm so sorry. 20 minutes has gone by. I'm just looking at the clock. I was thinking, that's 20 minutes, and my limbic system is telling me I need to eat a sandwich. That's great. Um, so we discovered that uh, it's possible to extend that for many people, and it's possible to extend it. Many of our members are able to get from, say, 20 to 25-minute continuous uh, concentration Many people can get an hour to an hour and a half. Some people have had has, has got as much as 100 to 120 minutes consistently. And what happens is that we found a way to change the music programming very, very subtly to stop the, it's called the habituation, to stop your brain getting used to it. And so what would be the difference between a song changing? Maybe I've made a playlist in my iTunes or something, and, and I've gone ahead and I've said, okay, I don't have anything in there that is electric guitar or you right. know, uh, or singing and it, you know, the cha it's going to change every five, 10 minutes or so, but your system has much more to do with the timing in, and being in tune with these phases, right? Interestingly, you, you mentioned the word song. We don't have any songs in our system. Because <laughs> a song is a singer with some words, right? <laughs> so we have a uh, compositions, we have tracks. Every single track in our library is actually unique. We have a completely exclusive library. Every track is ingested and it's remixed and it's remastered, then it's re-edited quite often. So that the track itself has a very specific set of, it's, a, it's called a dynamic range. And there's two kinds of dynamic range. There's the volume, you know how it is, if it, you know how annoying it is where if you're listening to an album and one track's too quiet or too yes. loud. Your, your, your non-conscious mind, which is what we, we, we uh, play to, is very, very sensitive to level volume, to volume changes. And then we, we very carefully change something else, which is much more uh, important to us. And it's to do with the emotional dynamic range of any track. So you know how some tracks are really sad and then they get really sad and then they go really happy again. You know, that's the way music makes us feel. 
we have found we need to, to, to manage the emotional journey of any individual piece of music. And so the system works through having an exclusive library of material. Each individual track has been very carefully edited. If you find tracks on the system that you like and then listen to that same track on, say, some of our tracks are available on Pandora, you'll find, or on Spotify, <coughs> you'll find that our version of the track is extremely different. It's not the same track at all. Here's a, for instance, our up-tempo electronica track uh, channel uh, is our uh, several uh, channels on the system that are, that are popular, and it's a popular one. None of the um, up-tempo electronica tracks have breaks in them. So you know how DJs like to pull the bass out? Yeah. They, yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't even notice that till you just said that. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason why is, guess what? It's to do with dopamine and uh, drugs, actually. It's the pleasure chemical. And what happens is when you are listening to electronic dance music, when, when if you're at a, a club and the DJ pulls the bass out, your brain goes, oh, my God, you've taken the bass. It's like taking a candy from a kid, and you're there waiting until they give you the candy back, drop the bass, and you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> right. Now, that is distracting because that's going to trigger things in your brain that are distracting. So all of the stuff in our, all of the material doesn't have drop. It's, some of them has very specific drops, but they're not the big DJ-driven drops. And so the system knows how to kind of take you – is it taking you on a journey per uh, – let's talk about this thing called phases. I mean obviously it induces flow uh, near the beginning. How, how, let's start there and then let's talk about these phases. And then my question is, is does the program kind of work towards if you've set like, – let's say I've set a, a full hour mm-hmm. on it that it takes me on a journey for an hour, or is it individually based on the phases? Well, a phase is um, about 20 minutes. So you, most people habituate to their sound environment in about 20 minutes. So what do I mean by that? Well, let's imagine right now we go to um, somewhere where there are a lot of crickets. Uh, I'm you know, Here in San Francisco, where I'm talking to you today, there are no crickets. If we were to fly to Louisiana, we get out of the plane, we get to the hotel, and we'd be like, those crickets are so loud. Still searching for a great candidate for your company? Don't search. Just match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch that busy work. Instead, use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. I wish I had Indeed when I was in the hiring process in roles in the past because it is a slow, arduous headache of a process to find the right people. Or, at least it used to be, join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to find and hire great talent fast. In fact, in the minute I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed according to Indeed data worldwide. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash to-do list. Just go to Indeed.com slash to-do list right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash to-do list. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And let's say that not only are there crickets, but there's also a freeway just round the corner. You're like, how can I ever sleep here tonight? How long do you think it's going to take you before you kind of tune it out? Probably fairly quickly, you know, within a half hour or so. Yeah, exactly. About 20 minutes, in yeah. fact, for most people. And so that is your a mechanism in your brain habituating to that uh, that specific sound environment. 
And the reason why is that your, your, your limbic system is looking out to see if it's dangerous. And in fact, the irony is you would only notice it if something in the crickets changed. I don't know if you've ever actually been out in a jungle and you hear the kind, you get used to the sound of the, the, the things that are happening there. Right. And if something changes, you really notice it. So your brain is looking for that. We found that the brain starts tuning out a music stream in the same way after about 20 minutes. It's slightly different timing for everyone, but our system is, is, is averaged at 20 minutes. And so about every 20 minutes, the something that the phase sequence of the playlister does in our system that subtly changes aspects of the music stream to fool your brain into keeping listening. So there's this sort of 20-minute renewal approximately in the system. Different people have a different, it's to do with your brain type, how many of those phases that you can go through. So there's a really beautiful irony about this system in, in my own life here that I've, I've made a career prior, prior to this in, in writing songs that I want people to listen to. But Focus at Will is about your non-conscious mind. It's about creating a music stream that we don't want you to listen to. The goal of Focus at Will is to get a cup of coffee, get your reading glasses, hit the play button, hear the bell ding, and then an hour later, you got done what you needed to do, and you didn't hear any of the music consciously. So <laughs> it's a super ironic thing as musicians. Yeah. This is a radio station we don't need to ever listen to. In fact, there's a skip button. The most important thing that we can tell your, your listeners here, there's a skip button on the Focus at Will interface. When you hear a track that you notice when you're using it, skip it. And you'll teach the system not to play that track again because, you know, it's the opposite of, say, Pandora, where you like a track and you want to go more like that. With, with our system, the goal is to find a music stream that your non-conscious mind is able to engage with. And if you notice a track, whether you like it or you dislike it, it means that it's poked through into your conscious attention. So skip it. Over about three weeks... Jeff, how long do you think it takes most people to, to, to tune up the system? Yeah, once they get that directive and they're actually using it properly, I'd say about two to three weeks. And it depends on, on the frequency you listen to. Some, some people we've got on the system eight hours a day and they just, you know, their entire work day is, is powered by focus at will. And some people are casual, lightweight, an hour here, an hour there kind of user. So, so it really depends on, on the amount of use, how quickly it takes for us to tune to your specific ears. But the beauty is that something that I find distracting, Eric, you're, you're not going to notice at all, and, and vice versa. Maybe a, a track that, that will learn how to play on piano back when he was a kid on our classical station is going to be super distracting for him, whereas I've never heard it before. So, you know, it's just like any other classical piece for me. So it's, it's really the beauty of customizing for, for the individual's own ears um, and that we remember, even, even for our free users, we remember those skips. <laughs> One of the funny things is, though, is that, you know, the, the, the real... The real kicker between our, our free accounts and our paid accounts is the, the amount of overall music that we, we let people hear. And so people that are using that skip button a lot or, or potentially wrong just to skip through and see what all of our stuff sounds like end up skipping everything they have available within their free <laughs> account. And the next thing you know, they're, they're, they're writing us and saying, hey, Alpha Chill's broken because it doesn't have any more music. Well, it's, that's not actually true. You just skipped every song and we remembered what you skipped. So let me reset that for you and we'll start over. Right. Or maybe you want to unlock all the, the, the entire library and you know hop onto a pro account. Or sometimes I'll knock them a free week on it or something so they can give it a shot because really it's a massive difference. You know, That's something we should talk about is the difference between a playlist on your own, which Eric, you were getting to this, which might be something that, you know, you've taken a lot of time and energy into crafting something you think will really help you focus and it, and it, and it may do so. 
Over time, however, that same playlist, if it stays static, is going to work less and less for you. Much the same as our free accounts. They don't have, they're not really truly dynamically created. They're, um, it's the same cycle of a limited amount of music, whereas our pro accounts give people uh, access to the full library. And, and there's a bit of, I don't want to call it randomization, but, but things are not the same every time. We're pulling from the library based on our phase sequence technology that we were talking about earlier. But you go on a di- very different path on any one given session. It's not like, oh, I'm on Alpha Chill and I know the first five songs I'm going to hear. That's definitely not the case once you unlock the whole library. So, and, and that variation is incredibly powerful and it speaks to uh, the amount of new and novel music in the music stream compared to the amount of familiar music. And there's a really fine balance that we try to find for the, the overall general populace uh, of members that works from a neuroscience perspective. Because if you listen to something that's all brand new, you, your brain pays too much attention. And if you listen to something that you know every single beat of every single track, you phase it out too quickly. And so there's this really nice fine balance that we try to try to find within that music stream. It's this new thing that we do. You know, if you kind of sum up, what, what is Focus at Will? Well, it's a system that helps you get it done. And how does it do it? It does it by playing music for your non-conscious mind. So it's music that you don't want to be listening to. It's music that you want to be hearing with your non-conscious mind in the background. And it's funny that I'm, I'm out running the business and I'm talking to investors and, and so on. And, and the first thing I say when, I, when I'm talking to new people is, we're not a music business. <laughs> <laughs> ironically right but we're not we're a neuroscience business that it, that delivers a system that helps you be productive and get stuff done and we use actually music and sound there's a water channel on the system and in the lab at the moment we've got several other sound based channels that have a similar effect something i'd like to address is that we all have different brain types the different channels on the system, everybody will have a, a channel that works best for them. And it really is trial or error. People with ADHD in particular have had a, we, we've got a lot of users that have significant uh, impact with our system using uh, if they have ADHD. The sort of rule of thumb is that the more difficulty you have concentrating, in other words, the more close you are to ADHD, and at an extreme, that's an incredibly debilitating condition, the more energy you need in the music. It's a fascinating. We have a, a science advisor, another guy called Dr. Ned Hallowell. And Ned Hallowell is the, the leading authority on ADHD in the country. And he's written the best-selling books on ADHD, and <clears throat> he's often on the media talking about it. He says that about 15% of the population have some form of attention deficit problem. But these 15% are the 15% most productive people in the country. <laughs> <laughs> So it's fascinating. The essence of an ADHD brain is that you need a lot of stimulus to be able to calm down. And for some jobs, for instance, you need to have, you know how you've got friends who just are somehow incredibly calm in a crisis? Mm-hmm. It's because the, the, the amount of stimulus going on. I mean, think about, say, a battlefield surgeon or a air traffic controller or, you know, a cop just doing work where you've just got so many things happening at the same time you're just able to be completely calm there's one job by the way in the country where having adhd is a prerequisite and it's the president (laughs) (laughs) have you noticed how the world is falling apart 
And the president, whoever he is, is always able, or hopefully in the future she is, uh, is always um, <laughs> to stand there and just go, hey, so, and it's because it's this same mechanism. We don't know the mechanism. We haven't been able to figure out why. But as you said, the focus at will system works. And we're finding that people with ADHD uh, are able to use the channels with a lot more audio energy, which helps them somehow concentrate. I was always curious about that, the, the low, medium, and high in terms of the, the energy level, because I thought, well, if I put it on high, that's almost you know too fast or too loud. If I put it on low, that's almost going to put me to sleep, and right. so I'll put it on medium, right. and I, that's not the case. I've never been able to quite figure out what was going on there. That's something we're talking about, actually, in terms of looking at the interface of making this a slightly better experience. But the way to use the system is to find a channel that instinctively seems to work for you. Just it's trial or error. And then once you've got it, try exactly what you're saying, which is try moving the energy up or down on that channel. And what it's doing is it's changing the amount of kinetic energy in the tracks. In other words, the amount of, I guess you just imagine looking at a, at a, at a loudspeaker and see the bass pumping, you know. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the amount that sort of represents the kinetic energy in the music. And you'll find that the energy control, when you get it right, the, the channel that you're on with the right energy level will just fade into the background and you can get stuff done. Fine-tune it. Expect. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, you I, know, and, get, I'm sorry, go ahead, Eric. No, go ahead. I, I was just going to say, we get tons of unsolicited sort of comments on our – we've got a community forum as well as just emails that we get every day from not only people with ADHD, but just overall members who, who are really kind of flabbergasted at, at how well this works. We've got a portion on our site, focusatwill.com forward slash community, where people post all the time around this ADHD thing is a miracle. I was just going to read one to you real quick if you've got time. Yeah. Here's, here's one from uh, Maria. I kind of say her last name. At first, I was turned off as to how chaotic this ADHD channel seemed. But it actually quiets my brain, so I read slower and more carefully. Who would have ever thought? I gave it a few minutes and found that my attention span increased, but more importantly, my ability to zone in and focus was increased as well. It was like all the quote-unquote noise distracted my brain enough so I could focus. I read slower, more carefully, and that is awesome for a law student. Now, this is she's talking about our ADHD beta channel, which I don't know if you've heard it, but it's crazy. It is. I tried it, and it was almost too much for me. Yeah, it's 180 beats per minute hardcore techno, and it's pretty dark. And for a lot of people, it's way too much. And they, they immediately, they know within two minutes, I don't want anything to do with that channel, and that's fine. But for, for that, like, we find between 4 and 6% of our user base, it's the only thing that works for them. And they love it. Completely dials them in and zones out all the other distractions that are going on internally with their brain, and it lets them just, like, breathe easy air and get to work. So this was based on a bit of research from Dr. Evian Gordon as well that, you know, Will and I kind of had this discussion around how could we do sort of in a way what what a lot of the chemicals do that the people are prescribed for ADHD. How can we do that with audio? In other words, how can we speed up that internal brain clock that you, the same sort of thing you get with an Adderall or a Ritalin? We wonder if there's some sort of way to do that via an audio stream. And so this was really a big kind of shot in the dark experiment for us that has just paid off in spades. It's, it's not like anything else on the site. So a lot of people get freaked out. They're like, I, I have ADD and I tried that and I'm terrified. <laughs> it's like, that, that's okay. Use all the other channels. You're probably going to love them. But for certain, there's, there's like a hype. 
I don't know how much you know about ADHD, but there's seven, I think seven or six different types that are recognized. And this doesn't work for everybody, but for the people it works for, like I said, it is just life-changing. Eric, could I play you a little bit of this? Yeah, go for it. Obviously, you're not going to hear much bass over the system. It sounds like jackhammers playing. Yeah. But- so that quiets people's brains down on occasion, <laughs> right? Like that's well, like I said, it was a bit of an experiment for us, and we weren't really sure how well it was going to be received. But we were delighted to see every day. We get. I mean, I just I just picked one at random. I have tons of these I could have read from, and it's it's really moving that we're making a difference for people in their daily lives. You know, we're helping people get back lost time and lost hours that they'd spend just kind of wandering around the interwebs and surfing instead of like doing whatever they're supposed to be doing when they're sitting down to work. You know, it's really kind of a new and noble use for music, if you think about it. Very, very different than any other kind of music for entertainment system that's out there. It's, it's, uh, we're something completely different. One of the things that I noticed is in going with, kind of the contrast to I mean there's similarities and there's contrast with the uh, Pomodoro method which you had uh, Mm -hmm. pointed out earlier Pomodoro being a 20-25 minute and then you take a break I know this doesn't have a a pause button it kind of wants you to stay seated or sitting or, or whatever it is you're doing standing I guess still works and but ultimately it wants you to maintain a a what whatever the longest length you're able to do attention span with full focus on whatever it is you've chosen to do. Why is there no pause button? I'll speak to the Pomodoro bit first. We actually support that whole Pomodoro technique quite, quite a bit. And we find that it really works wonders for people. And if they want to go that route, they can easily set our custom timer to 25 minutes. And then the chime says, okay, time to take your five minute break. And then you, you hop right back in and you're right. There is no pause button for them to do that. They actually want to stop that session and then start their next one. The reason behind that is that there's very different music within the beginning of a focus session or, or phase sequence than there is anywhere in the middle and down the road. The, the music at the, at the very beginning of a session is very much designed to get you into flow, whereas our music later in the sessions is designed to keep you there. And so we alter slightly the, the, the bits um, to keep you from habituating to it, like Will was talking about earlier. But it's very different than taking you from not concentrating at all with no audio into a flow state that, you know, our, our sequences at the beginning are designed very sp- specifically to do that. So we get questions all the time. Why, why can't I just push pause and answer the phone and talk to my boss for five minutes and then hang up and get back to where I was? Well, that's because your brain isn't where you were anymore. You're now on the phone. You're distracted. You're doing whatever you were doing. You went to the bathroom. You got a, some bacon, whatever it is you did. <laughs> Now you need to get back into focus. So we're going to have you start a whole new session. So, you know, people like to have things that are familiar and the pause button is a very familiar interface on, on an entertainment driven music system. But again, we, we're just trying to educate people that although on the surface, we do seem like any other music service or music company, like Will said, we're, we're really not. It's a productivity tool. So there's so, certain things that are very familiar, like a play button, but there's other things that you might be used to that are just, you know, not going to be alive in our system based on what we're trying to do. We're just trying to help you be productive. We're not trying to, like, discover your favorite all-time new band. That's not going to happen on Focus at Will, right? That's what you choose for. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I hope that answers your question about the pause Yeah, button. great. Yeah. 
How did you know or confirm early on like the testing of this was going to work? I know that I tested it myself with, you know, sitting and doing a session, but that was after you guys had like fine-tuned and refined this thing for a long time. We started really uh, focusing on music for reading to help you. In the early days when we first started looking at the the, the reading and studying and working doing a cognitive task on a computer are slightly different tasks, but they, they all require a certain amount of, of focus to do it. And so we have a um, – one of our other science advisors is called Dr. Stephen Sidorov, who's a UCLA <clears throat> psychiatry uh, and psychologist. And we did a series of trials with him where we were measuring people's uh, brains – and we were using uh, EEG and EKG for, for doing that, uh, which is brainwaves and heart rate. And we were, we were able to find that the system was giving about a between a 12 and 15 percent increase in, in certain areas of the brain in the, high, in the high beta and high theta. That is linked to the way that your cognitive process works. And then we did a very detailed survey of our users, our, of our early users, to, to ask them about how long can you concentrate for? How, how long does it work for? And then how much longer does this system give you? And it was intriguing. About half the people in our survey of 1,000 people, about half the people said they could get to an hour or more. And a, a lot more people said, uh, how many about maybe 25% more people said they could get 300%. And there's this core set of users who could get to 400%. So they're able to do 100 minutes. The kind of tasks that that requires are um, a lot of our early users are developers. And so if, you, if you're writing code or if you're designing or if you're working on a spreadsheet or you're doing some cognitive task where you are creating things from nothing, you've got a deliverable and you've got a set of things that you have to keep in your mind, the system works extremely well. We've actually, at the moment, we've got a series of trials going on, um, which we're just setting up with us, with uh, companies, where we are measuring the effectiveness of the system, which is an exciting thing. As as you know, this is interesting technology because it works, and we have an idea of why it works, and we've got some measurements in the brain of why it works. But some of the core theories of why it works, we're we're still talking about. We we don't know. Well, we kind of get to be guinea pigs as we play with it, <laughs> but we appreciate it. You mentioned that it started off as being for reading, and obviously it branched out into a lot of other things. Are there, are there any activities we probably shouldn't be doing when we're do- listening or, well, not listening, I should say? Well, Great question. yeah, um, the system is designed to do one thing, and that is to help you concentrate and focus for extended periods while you're working or studying. And we all know what that specific thing is. It's when if you can't talk while you're doing what you're doing because you're working on a spreadsheet or you're writing an article or, you, you know, you're, you're, doing, you're getting email done, you know, you can't talk at the same time as doing that. And so we have found that the system works well on a, on a 3G wireless system. So you could play this in the car when you're driving, but it seems to be soporific for most people. It's not a good idea to listen to this when you're driving. Okay. When you're driving, you're playing music almost to listen to the music and not not that yeah. you don't want to pay attention to what you're doing and driving on the road, but you yeah. want the time to pass faster. It's less about the accomplishment of the task. Yeah, except that if you get into a dangerous situation in, on the road, the first thing you do is turn the radio off. Right. Or, or if you're trying to parallel park, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's we all do that. 
it's distracting. You mentioned uh, again the the story of the people with the ADD, as well as the two out of three people. If somebody were to try this, how do they know that it's working? Like, what kind of or not working for that matter? What kind of sensations or uh, experience do they start to to get? And what should they, if it's their first time trying it, should they do reading? Should they sit and try to write or maybe do some email? What what are your prescriptions for that? Jeff, what do you, what would you say? Well, the, the one thing I'll speak to on that first and foremost is that we found that for, for classically trained musicians, it, it's real typical for this to not work or, or certain channels to not work, I should say. Pianists especially or composers in the classical vein they listen to music very differently than a sort of normal everyday person, as it were. And, and they can't help but harmonically an- analyze the piece of music, f- try and figure out what is going on. Mm-hmm. To a certain extent, all musicians have this, but especially we found with classically trained people. Guitarists, not so much, right? Because they just, uh, that's just, I'm trying to make a bad joke about guitarists not being real musicians. Sorry, Will. Um, <laughs> anyways. But there's something to be said for that. They they really have a hard time sort of uncoupling their music brain from any time they're, they're getting auditory stimulus. And so as a result, any music can be really distracting for them. Sometimes these people really like our water channel. Um, we've also got an ambient channel that while it's certainly musical, it's, it's you know, just almost musical noise, for lack of a better word. Um, it's one of my favorites personally. Will can't stand that one, which I think is funny. So that's just one way to know that maybe this isn't going to work too well for you. And I can let Will talk a little bit more about the brain types on either end of the spectrum that either work well or don't. But one of the things as far as like, what should I do first time I put this thing on? Well, if you're a writer, absolutely. We've heard time and time again from both journalists as well as novelists that they have never been able to achieve quite as good of a a focus state as they have with our system. So if you're a creative writer of any sort, and you've been neglecting your own writing, throw this on with a set of headphones and get to, you know, pick up your manuscript and see see how it goes. Same goes for coding. And we've talked a little about coders already, but coding is almost an art form in and of itself. Argue it is an art form. And so there's a bit of creativity and there's certainly an, an amount of focus that you have to get to to really be in the zone when you're writing good code. So those are two easy examples. Now, if you're not a writer, you're not a coder, any kind of spreadsheet work we found is really, it, this works quite nicely for it. It's, it's certainly much less of a creative uh, outlet, but it's very data driven and it's very specific. And so it helps you kind of um, zone in on if you're doing any kind of number crunching, budgetary stuff, uh, that sort of a thing within spreadsheets. Another really easy, like, give this a shot, especially if it's like that monthly report that you've been putting off for the last three weeks and now it's due tomorrow perfect example right like give this a shot and you'd be really pleasantly surprised at um how quick you can get stuff done within a a limited amount of time those some good examples some good good, uh, suggestions i would think okay one other thing i had question wise was you mentioned headphones would you prescribe people use headphones or speakers okay so I'm not a doctor, Eric. I don't prescribe it. Um, suggest. We, we suggest. <laughs> yeah, you know, we're, we're, big, we're big fans of headphones here. However, we know not everybody has access to a decent pair of headphones. The one thing we, we try to avoid is people just using those built-in laptop speakers. The audio fidelity isn't there, right? You really kind of need a little bit of a bottom end on the bass response for this to, to really envelop you and work uh, at its best. So... Certainly desktop computer monitors of any kind are generally good. If you've got a subwoofer on them, great. Now, that's only if you're in your own office or your own work environment. 
you know, granted people can't, if they're in open floor work environments, then absolutely we suggest a set of headphones. And the more comfortable, the better. Um, you know, earbuds have certainly come a long way, but in general, they kind of tend to be distracting in their own right. So but over the ear set of headphones, for me personally, I've been DJing for years, so I'm pretty used to those. Those are nice, but you know, you get what you pay for in that regard. If you're gonna, if you're, if you've invested in a good set of headphones, you probably already understand this general concept around audio fidelity. But yeah, again, we we do suggest it, but um, a nice set of, of computer speakers works equally as well. Awesome. Guys, yeah. I, I know that we need to wrap up, so I'm really ecstatic being able to talk to you guys about this. And Thank just you. hopefully everybody can go check this out and tr- try it out and, and get a taste of this and you know the, the focus that can be had by using it. Yep, you can check it out for free, no risk. Awesome. Well, I'll, I'll put the link in the show notes. And again, thank you guys so much, Jeff and William, for talking with me. It's you got pleasure. it, Eric. Thanks so much, man. Be productive. <laughs> so I really hope that you see what kind of a landmark episode this can be for you. Finding out what your best sound, atmosphere, workspace setup is for yourself, especially if you don't always work in the same place, can be vital. It can make or break the fact that you're going to be able to focus and get stuff done when you sit and need to do it. And that's what I've found in the case of me. I can now sit for an hour plus to an hour and a half or more, and I can use Focus at Will, and I can get stuff done. I'm not going to beat around the bush. Just go try it. Find out if it works for you like I did, and I love it. It's beyondthetodolist.com slash focus at will. That's beyondthetodolist.com slash F-O-C-U-S-A-T-W-I-L-L. If you like it after trying it, let me know, because I really want to hear back from you how much of an impact this makes for you. Trust me, it's going to. Anyway, let me know. Love to hear back from you. And I will see you next episode. Beyond the To-Do List is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Learn how to podcast. Theorize over the TV shows Once Upon a Time, Once Upon a Time in Wonderland, and Under the Dome. Laugh with our clean comedy, delve into science fiction and philosophy, learn critical thinking from movie reviews, and more at noodle.mx.